Welcome to the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. We talk about it all, the good, the bad, the real, the wrong. From relationships to redemption, from business to finance, race, religion, politics, injustice, and more. If you've said screw it to it, we're probably talking about it. Which will you choose? Join our host now, Carlos Jones and Jordan Jones for the Screw It Podcast. Well, guys, welcome back to the Screw It Podcast. We are so excited to have you here with us. Hey, listen, guys, we have a hot, tasty podcast for you today that you don't want to miss. Hey, guys, listen, if you have not had a chance to check out our previous podcast, please, please make sure that you do that. Share, like, and comment on those podcasts and share them with other people. Hey, guys, if you've never joined our podcast today, if this is your first time joining us, you are in for a treat. Here on the School of Podcast, we get RTO. That's real, transparent, and open. Here you're able to see Pastor Carlos and myself with the guests where we share our experiences. We share moments where we either could have pointed toward faith or we could have pointed toward fear by saying screw it. Right now I'm passing it over to Pastor Carlos, the man of the hour. I'm running, I'm running, I'm handing you the batons. Oh, I got it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, depending on when you're listening to this. I am your host. Carlos Jones, the pastor of Inspiration Church and also the author of the number one best-selling book on Amazon for families and relationship. Yes, you know it. Screw it. And we are we are keeping it honest. We're keeping it real. And we definitely want to influence the culture for the kingdom. We have a very, very special guest today, a great young man of God, powerful, impactful on the West Coast doing his thing. His name is Frederick Casey Price Jr. And he is the pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center uh, Church in Los Los Angeles, California, where he serves side by side with his wife, Angel Price. His trailblazing parents, you may have heard of them, uh, world-renowned teachers and ministers, Apostle Frederick Casey Price and Dr. Betty R. Price, his siblings and family. He is the author of the Behind the Scene Bam, his first published work as uh, a self-described geek. He has all exhausted contemporary topics ranging from supernatural, angels and demons, to dinosaurs, dragons, various superheroes of popular comics, and following in the legendary footsteps of his dad, the powerful subject of race. Behind the scenes, he is a bold, provocative, uh, gives a, a bold, provocative peek behind the spiritual veil using a terse contemporary approach. The, uh, Pastor Price uh, uh, delivers a startling glimpse of the unseen world where the battle rages between heaven and earth and drawing directly from scripture. Uh, Frederick Casey Price Jr. dares to challenge age old theological debates and widely accepted theories in tackling the hard, perplexing questions, questions that are more relevant today than ever. In March 2002, on the anniversary of his parents, 49th anniversary, his life changed forever. He married, he married Angel Siobhan Brown. Is that right? Man, nailed it. His life partner and the mother of his children, Frederick, Gabriel, and Bella. We are so excited to have you. Welcome to the Steward Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Well, praise God. All right. So we're 
we're going to jump right into it today. Uh, I know we have a script, but I've got some questions that I want to ask you, man. PK to PK, uh, growing up in church, you know, being around it all of your life, what are some of the things that you saw uh, that you did like about the church and other things you said, when I'm a pastor, I'm going to do this maybe a little bit different? Uh, let's see. Well, as a PK, I wasn't even interested in anything other than attending church. And even when I attended church, I was forced to sit on the front row. That's not where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the back because I saw many of my friends in the back. So for me, I was like, okay, obviously I have to be here. Um, and I do want a relationship with God, but I felt like at the moment I could rely on my parents' faith as long as I'm living under their roof and in their household. Uh, I'm good there. I know at some point this thing's going to have to get real for me. I'm going to have to develop my own relationship, but now's not the time. That's just where my mindset was. So uh, did I think about things that I wanted to change? Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't say that I did because I had no desire to even become a pastor. Yeah. My mindset was business. I didn't know what that business was going to be, but I didn't want to have anything to do with the church other than attending on Sundays. Okay. That's just where I was at, at, at my youthful age, adolescence, teenage, and, and even upwards into early adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that's, that's great. Me as, as well, man, I, I didn't see it. People used to always speak that into my life. Oh, you're going to pass it one day. And I was like, well, you know, whatever happens, if that happens and I'm with it, if it don't, then I'm going along with it. I played football and that was my journey. Uh, but it, it's amazing how God will guide your steps, man. Even even your desires and your heart will match up with his purposes and his plans at the right time. And so we're definitely grateful to definitely be sitting in these seats and being influential uh, to the people that, that hearken unto our voice. Man, this book that you wrote, man, this is crazy, man. This is, this is awesome. And I love the way uh, that you pull in uh, Hollywood, right? And you're able to, to lay it over the Bible and see where they stole all of these stories from, all of these concepts, and be able to link the two together. Have you always kind of been into like the Harry Potter, like that whole scene, or is that something that just kind of kind of was birthed out of something? Oh, no, since I was a kid. I've been, I would say, a hardcore geek. That's, that's a part of just who I am. Uh, my dad had me, you know, watching all the James Bonds Star Wars, Indiana Jones, when I was a kid laying in the bed with him. So uh, I, I believe the seeds were sown then. Uh, I loved reading. Uh, I had a massive comic book collection. Uh, I was an avid gamer. So I was just into all of that stuff. Uh, and I never would have imagined that God would use my my enjoyment of those things and, and my uh, affinity for those uh, in the ministry. It, 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 I mean, you couldn't have... You couldn't have convinced me of that back then. Uh, but now I see how uh, he's been able to use those things and use me in the ministry. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, man, that's amazing. So I'm about to quiz you really quick, uh, Pastor Price. I, I want to see how good you are at Marvel, right? So you're a Marvel fan, huh? <laughs> Tell me who is the greatest Marvel character? Uh, I mean, I think that's that's definitely up, up for debate. It's only one. Man. But I mean, I think the general masses would probably say Spider Man. Oh man! Well, uh, if I got, I didn't say that was mine. Okay, what's yours? What's yours? 
Ooh, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I've always been, I've always been drawn to Wolverine. Wolverine has kind of been my guy. Uh, but I mean, I, I could be here all day. It's, I'm, I'm gonna go Wolverine, and I'm gonna say for now. If you ask me this tomorrow, it could be different. Well, I have to tell you who the greatest uh, character is. It's Incredible Hulk. And let, and let me let me tell you why it's Incredible Hulk. It's Incredible Hulk because every time he gets mad, he gets bigger and stronger, and they did not depict him right in the movie. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> man, um, uh, Pastor Price, you, you got something to say? <laughs> you got something to say? No, no, no I'm saying I, I hear you on that. I, I had some, I had some, some issues with that. You know, there were some things I would hope I was gonna. I was hoping that he was gonna do, but it didn't happen. So, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, definitely a yes, candidate for, for 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 the greatest. You, you, you get no I argument for me. Definitely, yeah. I, definitely. I, I, think that, I think that man, it's it's so beautiful, uh, Pastor Price, how you use uh, comics and things of that nature. Because uh, as a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor at once, and the very thing that the kids ask are some of the greatest questions. You know, what are dinosaurs? You know, when were dinosaurs and big UFOs? All these things that you talk about. I want to ask you, at one point, did you say, screw it to the normal pattern of what pastoring was? And what part did you say, screw it, and say, this is where I believe God is taking me, and this is what, what I believe God wants me to speak about? For me, that moment was January 2004. I remember it clear as day. Uh, I had just started pastoring. Well, I'll say teaching. I started teaching in the main congregation June of 2002. And from that point, I would only minister when my father was absent. So between uh, June of 2002 and December of 2003, I probably ministered maybe four or five times. And the subject matter was basically stuff that I figured the congregation would want to hear. Some of it was me regurgitating what my father had taught. And then, I don't know, I got, I got a hold to some, to some writings, to some uh, uh, writings of a theologian from the late 1800s. His name was Clarence Larkin. Clarence Larkin wrote a book called Dispensational Truth. He wrote another book called Spirit World. And in these books, I mean, this dude like lays out the heavenly hierarchies and cherubim. He's, he's talking about the origin of demons, uh, eschatology. I mean, he's covering stuff that I had just never heard before and, and, and laying out these charts that I had never seen before. So I started getting into heaven, hell, angels, and demons. And uh, my study led me uh, first to hell. And I wanted to see what the scripture, because I heard, had heard so much about hell. You know, did the devil live in hell? Are demons in hell? Are demons angels? All of these things. So I started studying hell uh, biblically myself, and I was blown away by what I discovered. And I wanted to share it. So I remember teaching that message. It was a two-part message. I taught it in January of 2004. And for me, that's when the floodgates opened. From wow. there, I, I believe that my personality and identity. Were yeah, yeah. There is, it's something about that that voice that God gives you to speak to a particular thing. And I think he is, he's called us all to do that. And I think as generations have uh, have changed, we all have our niche, right? We all have that thing that we are. Uh, uniquely gifted to be able to speak into uh, the life of those that kind of think like us, feel like us, kind of experience life like us. And man, it's a great place where you can be yourself, man. And that's that's one of the things that I applaud you on is coming behind your father. who's a great guy, uh, definitely a giant 
in, in the spiritual realm, but then to be able to come and, and have your own voice and be unique to the culture. And a lot of guys out here, man, they struggle with that. You know, they struggle even coming behind their spiritual fathers, the people that they have they have uh, come up underneath and they got to sound like them and they have to, you know, they have to have the same mannerisms. They have to walk like them. And I don't believe that God put anybody down here to be a clone, but he all he put us down here to be uniquely gifted. Have you seen that in your circle of, of friends or have you seen that in your time of ministry? People that are stuck inside of a, uh, I, I guess, an idea of what they should look like as opposed to them being released into to who they are. Yeah, I've seen both. Uh, I've had friends who were stuck there and I could tell that's not coming out of your heart. Uh, you feel like it's to do. And then I have some that have had some aha moments uh, like myself to where there was a moment in which they were unleashed. Like God released them to touch on what he had always ordained them to touch on the subject matters uh, that he ordained them to cover what they were driven to, what they were led to by the spirit. So I've seen both. Um, I, I, I somewhat surround myself with uh, free thinkers when it comes to the Bible. Uh, I've got groups of friends where we just, I mean, I, I'm thinking of two friends right now. Like you just throw the subject out there and we could be on it for like three or four hours, just exhausting it. And of course, other doors open up and we end up going in different directions. And uh, it, it feels good to know that there are others that have that freedom to articulate uh, what they believe the spirit is showing them. And sometimes it goes against the grain. Sometimes theologically, it's not what would be considered orthodox, although there's an orthodox route there, but it might be a slightly different route. And I'm all about, you know, consider this. Like, I know you're, you're accustomed to hearing this, but based on what this scripture says, I want you to consider this. Like, that's, that's, the route that I take when I'm teaching the word and, and yeah, I've got some other PKs, <clears throat> PK friends that uh, have seemed to have, <clears throat> forgive me guys. I don't know where that came from. Seem to have taken the same route as me. Yeah. So it's exciting to see it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Pastor Joe, Pastor Jordan is the youngest pastor on this call. H how is it in your formation process, man? Because I know this is, you've been in ministry, but at, in this particular position, you know, you're about a year plus old and you're still working through that. Uh, what are some things that you have kind of seen yourself do uh, in this process as you, you kind of become your own self? It's, de it's definitely difficult. It's definitely a process uh, because I always have to remember uh, that God has called me to shepherd people. So I always have to watch my mannerisms. I'm always watching, you know, where I can grow and all of those type of things. But I think one of the biggest challenges for me was being myself, being myself. And not, not regurgitating like what you spoke about earlier, Pastor Price, what I heard and not regurgitating, not even more so what I heard, but regurgitating the mannerisms and the actions of what it is to be a pastor, right? Uh, I don't want to look at any of that. I just want to do what God has called me to do. And so, so that's what I've learned from you. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, in my 20s, I started pastoring at 25. And I remember going through different, you know, 25 as a pastor, man, it's because you started at, you were how old? Uh, let's see. I was licensed when I was 23, licensed at 23. Okay. And, and pastor, pastor, I became a pastor at 23. Okay. So, okay. okay. So really 23. I started pastoring at 23. All right. So you know how it is. 23, man, you know, older people, they, they, you know, they're, they're encouraging you, right? But they might not all the way respect you. <laughs> and so people used to say, you're the youth pastor. I'm like, no, I'm the founding pastor. And they're like, you're young, you're 25. You know, you're still, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, 
not my fault. I didn't call myself. This guy called me to this. And so that stuff plays on your psyche. And so I remember, you know, wearing three-piece suits yes. and making sure that I did certain things so that people would respect me. I even went through a phase where I wore the long robe so that people would know that I was clergy and they would respect the cloth, you know. And then when I got probably into my late 20s and 30s, I was like, screw it, man. I'm going to just be me. Like, this is, I'm trying to put this on and, you know, people are going to respect me. If God wants me to speak into their life, he's going to allow me to speak into their life. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It doesn't matter how I have my hair. It doesn't matter how I speak, if I'm humming, if I'm if I'm tuning, you know, God has given me something to speak. And I think in those moments, he took the shackles off and said, hey, you know, Carlos, be you, man. I, I designed you to be you. And it's been working for me. I, I'm comfortable. I can sleep at night. And it's easier for me to be me than it's easier, you know, to be somebody else. And so I'm definitely, definitely thankful for that, man. And we definitely have to let these young young guys know that are, you know, in their 20s and 30s. They be you, man. You know, you may get some rebukes. People might not like it. People may fall away. They may not follow you. But hey, the people that God wants you to speak to, He's definitely going to give you the, the ability to speak to Him in this season, man. So that's 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 awesome. Um, so let's talk about being in uh, California, being in this Los Angeles area where it's a lot, man. Like it's it's weird out there, man. How do you how do you how do you do that? When you say weird, what do you mean? Like Hollywood or... or <laughs> yeah, 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 Hollywood, yeah. I mean, hey, it's where I was born. So, you know, it, it, it's... it's My father was born in Santa Monica. Uh, God called him to remain where he was and, and start a ministry. Uh, and actually, we started in Inglewood. Well, no, Los Angeles, then Inglewood, then South Los Angeles. Uh... I mean, I take it for what it is. You know, that's where I am. This this is the group, uh, the sheet that God has um, ordained, appointed for me to shepherd. And so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, as far as the weird, I mean, I, we don't, I don't, I don't think Crenshaw Christian Center experiences any more weird than any other ministry around the country. I think all ministries experience a measure of weird, but the weirdness of, and the bouginess of, of Beverly Hills and Hollywood and all of that. I mean, we really haven't seen that in our ministry over 40 plus years. Wow, 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 wow. Pastor Jordan, uh, he, he packed his bag, man. He went out there with uh, two drumsticks and a pork chop sandwich and uh, he was out there for, tell us a little bit about that. Experience. Yeah, man, so uh, I went out to uh, Hollywood to do, uh, to actually do stand-up comedy, but I ended up just becoming a writer and also working on a movie project with uh, the Wayne Brothers, Marlon and Stern. So uh, when I went out there, man, I lost my religion for sure. I called it Hollywood. I was in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, man, joined the Church of Scientology. And you know how all that stuff goes. It's all in your face. Especially, oh. Yeah, especially when you're uh, inside of the, they call it the Celebrity Center, you see more stuff. So yeah, man, I, I experienced all of that. Yeah, that's where the weird would be. And that's not really. Uh, I've been spent a whole lot of time there. I mean, I've seen I've seen some of it. Interestingly, we have a Scientology center right down the street from us now. Wow! Yeah, they're they're appearing everywhere uh, right now. Hey, uh, Pastor Price, I got a really quick question for you. So, one thing that I really admire about you, and one thing that I really like about you, is you challenge the status quo. 
And that's one thing that Jesus did. You know, the Pharisees and Sadducees would always say, it's, it's this way or, or the hollow. And Jesus would say, well, no, actually, if you would just consider this, like you said, you'll see that that is different. Um, I, I like that because that's what we do here at Inspiration Church. We, we, we challenge the status quo. What, what would you say is the mindset that you have to have when challenging a status quo? Because here it is, Pastor Price, you're going against sororities, you're going against fraternities, and all these things that most people uh, try to lean into. So how does that feel when you have to have that boldness to say, no, this is not the right way, we don't challenge this? Or, or what, what kind of process do you go through? Uh, what's the name of y'all's podcast again? Screw it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, great, great answer, man. Great answer. That, that's, seriously, that's... <laughs> And, and, and that, that's a beautiful mindset. I don't know if you know, uh, Pastor Price, but my mom, she she is of the Delta, the Delta sorority. And uh, my mom watches you all the time, watches your dad all the time. And she did, she disowns the sorority now. And now here she is walking around telling people, no, you need to put that down. You need to put that down. And that's all because you made the decision to say, screw it. So, so to all of our listeners who's listening here, a lot of times when we say screw it, sometimes we'll, we'll always look at the negative of the screw it situation and not the positive, right? So the negative is, well, how many people are going to come against me? But what about the positive? How many people are going to be blessed? Man, my mom denounces that and she talks about it all the time. She takes elephants out the house. She don't like elephants no more. And so wow. uh, how blessed is her life because of you saying screw it? And so I want to encourage all the listeners, man. Whenever you say screw it, you have an option to look at the negative or the positive always go support the positive. Let me, let me add to that. For me, it's about truth, right? What does the word say? And uh, if the word says what the word says, then I should be living by it and according to it the best way that I can. Uh, like using that message as an example, I mean, I wasn't attempting to demonize people that were involved in fraternities and sororities. I just wanted some some uh, an opportunity to present some truth to them, an opportunity to present some things to them that maybe they had not considered. I know most people didn't know what I was sharing. And I don't think that if anyone knew the information uh, and how deep I went, that they would willfully involve themselves in anything like that. Freemasonry, any secret societies or occultics included. So, I guess my, 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 my screw it mentality is I want to present truth. And if people choose to reject it, that's fine. That's fine. And I want to do my best to make sure that the truth is irrefutable. You know, you can, you can deny something. You can disagree with something. You cannot like something, but can you refute it? So I do my best to present truths that are irrefutable. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good, man. So so that kind of leads us into the screw it. I want to present truth. Talk to us about what the matrix of truth is. Tell us a, a, a little bit about that. The matrix of truth um, was, was another screw it moment for me. Uh, and the reason why is, well, first off, it's it's an epicenter or a hub for truth to be dispensed and to cover a variety of subject matters. Uh, and look at these subject matters through a biblical lens. I know that there are some things that, that are just not popular to discuss in the traditional church setting. So Matrix of Truth was created as an avenue by which those things could be communicated. Now, in addition to that, it was also birthed out of my frustration with the organized church. And, and 
my frustration with the organized church, I have to be honest, I even, I, I now presently still have some moments where I'm frustrated with the traditions of men and how the traditions of men become weightier and heavier than what the word says. So Matrix of Truth was this, like a release. It was this space where I could go nuts if I needed to and not be concerned about uh, right. offending the, the flock or the sheep that was in front of me or or supporters of Crenshaw Christian Center and Ever Increasing Faith Ministries. Uh, so that's that's pretty much what what uh, where it came from and what it was birthed out of. Yeah, no, that's great, man. And I, I think that's what the Screw Up podcast is for us, is a place for us to really delve into some things, man, that you won't necessarily hear on a Sunday morning. Uh, you may not get at church, but real conversations that I really think will influence people and also influence the culture for sure. And so I thank you for being bold enough to step out there, man. It's You know, it's one of those things, once you do it, you taste that freedom, you, you don't ever go back. Which leads me to my next point. You made some really bold statements about uh, voting and, and, and things of that sort here recently, man. And I know you probably caught some backlash. You probably caught some hoorahs and that whole thing. And I'll be honest, I don't like either one of the candidates. I think one will stab me in the back and one will stab me in the stomach. So either way, I feel like I'm going to get stabbed. And I got to vote for somebody in which way I want to be stabbed. Uh, but but my my perspective uh, is that, you know, voting is not just about voting for the president. There's a whole other list of, of people that we have to go out and vote for. And uh, that's that's important to me. These guys may leave the, the presidential place unmarked. I don't want either one of their bloods. I'm like, I was listening to that uh, debate and it sounded like who killed the least amount of black people? Who imprisoned the least amount? <laughs> I only did four million. Right. Well, I did kind of like six million. Like, come on, man. Like this is this yeah. is crazy that we are we are continually forced to be able to to vote for people um, that may not necessarily really care about us. They just care about our vote, man. I could hear some of your your frustration with that, man. So just kind of talk about your thoughts on that. And even what I say, you may not agree with that. I, I don't know. Yeah, you, it's interesting that um, that I took uh, the level of heat from what I said, and it makes me wonder: Did people really listen to what I said? And so I, re I, re I just want to just touch on a few things. Like I, I opened the video and I closed it with "Vote your conscience." In other words, what's your what's your conscience telling you? Vote that way. In the video, I said I'm voting. Actually, my wife and I have already voted. What's interesting, too, is is on the ballot, there's a statement. I forget which page it was on where it, it pretty much tells you you don't have to vote for everything. Like, it's a statement on the ballot. I don't know if you guys have done the, the yeah. mail-in ballots or whatever, but you'll see it. In addition to the to the to the presidential voting, I mean, there's there's seven candidates. Like, there's six candidates, and then there's a space for you to write whoever you want, you know, in, in that space. So um, I, I was expressing that I understand the frustrations people have had with voting, with the voting system. You know, I don't think our ancestors, I don't, I, I don't think they died and gave their lives for us to have the right to vote for our voices to not be heard or for our votes to be reversed. Yeah. You know, I touched on that. I mentioned a pastor, a very well-known pastor who in 2016, from his platform, he said, as far as the presidential election is concerned, I'm not voting. And he took a lot of heat for that. And I simply said, I under, I understand. I get it. I didn't align myself with either party. I didn't align myself with either candidate. And so as I'm, as I'm, 
and and I don't read. I refuse to read. I don't I don't read anything. Look, I'll say it like this. I don't look for anything. I don't look for anything about me, whether positive or negative. I don't look for it. I had two of my friends send me um, a post about, uh, I guess it was just a, a negative response to what I said. And, uh, and I was baffled. And I was baffled with how many people heard me say vote for Trump and how many people heard me say vote for Biden when I didn't say either. <laughs> it's like, how did you walk away with that? Yeah. And so it's like, what's really, what's, what's your, what is the issue with what I actually said? I mean, think about it. We have a problem with me saying I don't endorse either candidate. That's problematic. Right. We have a problem with me saying vote your conscience. We have a problem with me saying I understand your frustrations. Yeah. We have a problem with me. I mean, I, I'm baffled. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by the, the, the level of negativity that I received from it. And I ultimately think that there were those that were just simply mad because I did not endorse Trump and those that were simply mad because I did not endorse Biden. I don't know what else it could be. Hey, what's the name of this podcast? Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a new mantra, man. <laughs> we're going to send you Indeed. a school shirt. <laughs> Wait, listen, let me, let me ask you all a question. Have you taken heat for the name? So, man, it's crazy. I actually did a sermon series uh, on Screw It um, in 2000, and I want to say it was 17 or 18. And then I turned it into a book. That's how I turned it into a book, which is now a podcast. And uh, it was actually me and my assistant sitting around just kicking around some ideas, just like you and your friends. You just kind of go in spaces and places that are, are not normal. And uh, I said, screw it. And I was like, that's, that should be my next sermon series. And, and Kia was the girl. She was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, we're going to take so much flack for this. But uh, as we kind of talked about it, it made sense. And so we were able to talk about, you know, the screw and we were able to talk about the nut and the washer and how, you know, the man's a screw, the, the uh, woman is the, the, the nut and then the washer is God in, in the center of it. And so being able to talk about it keeps things fastened, it keeps things together, it keeps things from falling apart. You got to keep that washer in the middle. And so the more we kind of talked about it, man, it just kind of grew on us. And in our society now, man, you can say anything. Like I hear more cussing. I hear more, most stuff than I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, these these are six year old kids just cussing <laughs> up and stuff. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm an right. adult, and it's like I, you know, so screw it is really mild in our time. Back in the day, man, it, it you is. didn't say, you know, darn. That was that was. Hey, watch your mouth. Now, if you say the D word, they like pour again and sit down. I'm like, what? What? Where? Where are we? Like, what? What happened to the level of? Anything like I don't I don't know, man. We're on our way. Or do you feel like we're in the last days? Well, you know, Peter said when the day of Pentecost fully came, this is Acts chapter two, and they were filled with the spirit and they spoke with other tongues. Peter's sermon after that is this is what the prophet Joel prophesied about. And when Joel prophesied, he said, In my in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So Peter confirmed that. Once the day of Pentecost had fully come, we're talking the early days or day of the church age. We've been in the last days since then. John even said we're in the last hour. Yeah. Jude said we're in the last time. This is 2000 or close to 2000 years ago that these apostles, that these these epistle writers said this. So. I think. I think we're getting close to the last 
of the last days. Yeah. But I, but I, I don't think it's yet. Like I'm, I always think of the scripture where Jesus said, "You will hear wars, and you will hear of rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet." I feel like we're getting close to that. Not yet. So like it could be right around the corner. But not as soon as we think. And then and when we talk about time too, like think about it, if we've been in the last days since the church began, like what is time to God? Like Peter says, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. Right. But God sits on time, he walks on time, so it's it's nothing to him. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey Pastor Chris, <clears throat> I want to ask you a question. So we we all know that you um, you know, you come from behind your father, uh, Pastor K Price, uh, excuse me, Pastor Fred Price. Um, and so how is it to to fill those shoes? Uh, you know, I know that a lot of times when you uh, are coming after someone who has such a great name, sometimes it could be hard. Sometimes you could feel like you never mount up to anything. How, how does that make you feel? Hey, before he answers that question, we are going to have to take a quick commercial break. This is the end of part Yay. one. Uh, he is going to answer that on part two. So Pastor Jordan, take us out. All right. Well, listen, guys, we had an amazing podcast today. We were able to hear from the Honorable Pastor Frederick Price, and we were able to hear some amazing things that he have and also talk about his book, Behind the Scene. But guys, that's all the time that we have for today. But don't be afraid because you can meet us at the next podcast and where we finish off on part two. Well, guys, that's all we have for you today. You know what our slogan is. In life, we all go through it. Just do it. Screw it. Hey, listen, guys, that's all we have for you today. We love that there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But if you want to do something about it, just love us back. As you go throughout your week, always remember to love, live, and lead. We'll see you guys on part two. Thanks for joining the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos, and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face-to-face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. Keep up with the podcast. Follow the Screw It Podcast hashtag. Get the book. Available now on Amazon. And join us for another episode real soon.